Hey, it's me, Angie B, and welcome to a new episode of Real Talk. Um, I haven't done a podcast in a while. Um, it's not that I've lost interest or I haven't had things I wanted to talk about or things that have been weighing on my mind. Um, life has been busy. Life has been throwing me curveballs. Um, so a quick update on my life if you're like not aware about how busy I am. I intern every morning um, at the State Hospital in St. Peter. Um, I'm currently in school. I graduate in December. I'm going for my licensed alcohol and drug counseling license. Um, so that's like a health science degree. I'll have a bachelor's in that. So I go to my internship every morning and then probably like three nights a week I work at the nursing home that I've been working at and I also work there every other weekend. Sometimes I'm on call and besides that trying to find time to have a social life, see my mom more, trying to study for my exam. It's it's all a wreck. <laughs> And most of the time I feel like I'm drowning, but I'm doing my best to stay afloat and I think I'm doing okay. There are definitely things I could improve on. I maybe need to educate myself more on some coping skills like I educate other people on. But for the most part, life is where I want it to be right now. Maybe not necessarily the emotions that I'm feeling. I don't want to feel those things but I think everyone feels that way but like situation wise I'm content I'm happy I feel like I'm accomplishing the things I want to accomplish I feel like I'm being around people that are bettering me and so for that I'm grateful so tonight's episode is something I've been pondering on doing for a while you know, thinking about how people might react, thinking about certain things I might want to talk about. So tonight's episode is going to be on addiction. As a licensed alcohol and drug counselor, this is a topic that I am educated in, but I think that a lot of times the book definition of addiction Um, And the things that go into play are very basic. uh, At times it can feel fake, like it's just the science of it. Um, And that there's going to be things that trigger people, which is correct. But I think addiction is so much more than what a book makes it out to be. or Or people such as professors who are educated in the subject but don't necessarily have a personal background, a personal experience. Now, I don't want to discredit counselors or people involved in this field who don't have any experience with addiction. I don't think that makes them any less. I think that if you have taken your time to study what this is, the populations involved, the factors that go into play, you are credible. I will not doubt you. The, it's just the thing is, until you've lived it, 
you don't necessarily always understand to the fullest degree what it really is, how it feels, how it feels to watch someone else have it. And so tonight's episode, as usual, it's going to be unscripted. I'm going to ramble and talk about whatever comes to my mind, whatever I think might be relevant. And the first thing I want to, the first thing I want to say, this is a quote, maybe some of you have heard this before, but anytime I first think of addiction and I think of what it feels like to have one or to have had one or know someone dealing with addiction, addiction is the only prison in which the lock is on the inside. When you are an addict, you become so consumed with using and you know you shouldn't do it and you know what you should do to better yourself and the whole time you're in like this prison of your own misery wasting away, the lock is on the inside and you could get out, but you don't. Because it's really not that simple. And so for starters, I just want to talk about really quick why I have chosen the career path that I have. I knew from a young age that I wanted to help people when I got older. I would like to say I'm a people person. I don't think maybe people necessarily... Um, take to me right away. I would say I'm outgoing, but maybe sometimes it's too overpowering. Um, Maybe they don't understand my sense of humor. Um, But at the end of the day, I think it would be safe to say that most people um, find me as a people person. So I knew I wanted to help people. I wasn't sure in which way I exactly wanted to help them. And so I have my CNA, and I got it before I graduated high school, and I love it. I absolutely adore my residents. I feel honored to work with a population that is often overlooked, that has lived so much life. They have so much to tell. It's one of the greatest joys of my life and as stressful as it can be. And as much as I don't want to go to work sometimes, I know that if I'm having a really shitty day or I'm just totally burnt and don't want to go, I know that one of them is going to say something that's going to turn my whole day around. And that's usually how it always goes. And so at first when I got into college, I thought, be a nursing major. You have the background you know, you understand the medical side of things. And then in my human anatomy class, we had to dissect cats and I had a breakdown. I have two cats and to me, they're like everything. (laughs) They're like my kids. I am home alone often. And so even though they're kind of assholes and they've probably don't value the things I say to them. Just having company is nice. Any form of company to me. And so we had to dissect these cats and I couldn't fucking do it. There was no way in hell 
that I was going to dissect this cat and discuss its ligaments and tendons and how it worked. I have like dissected a pig, but for me that's different. Yes, pigs can be pets, but like they're also bacon and they're farm animals and they're typically not a pet. And to think that like I was just like visualizing my cat on that table. I couldn't do it. It was absolutely awful. I mean, I got through that class specifically. And then I was just like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I want to help people. But I was like, I don't think I want to be a nurse. I said, as much as I do enjoy being at the nursing home, it is stressful. And any job I think that anyone works is going to be stressful at times there's going to be things you don't like but as a nurse I I do work well under pressure but I didn't want to always have to like be worried about the next like high risk situation I didn't want to have to work a crazy ass schedule the more I just thought about the things that go into nursing and that you have to be, like, really, really dedicated to that. I was like, I'm not dedicated to this. Like, there, yes, there are things I like about this, but I, when I'm in my classes or when I'm doing things, I don't feel this passion. I don't feel this drive. And so I was like, I need to find something where I feel that. And so I took an intro to drug education class. You are required to take it. And I was absolutely infatuated with the drugs and what they're made out of and how they affect the mind and how that in turn affects people and I knew that the world is never as much as it may be better if the world didn't have alcohol or drugs the world is never gonna be rid of alcohol and drugs they're always gonna be there they're always gonna be accessible in some form and someone is always gonna want to do them and because of that unfortunately addictions will develop and I knew that I would have a job and to me that was important I don't think you need to go to college to have a successful job, 100%. But since college is the path I chose, I knew that I wanted to be in a major where when I got out, I would actually have a job and I would utilize the shit I learned and the shit I paid for. And the professor I had was just amazing. He was real. He wasn't just some bullshit professor that told you um, things by the book. It's was his beliefs or his views and the class was always open discussion and up for debate and it was amazing and I was like this is the path I'm gonna go I have experience with people who have had addictions I have struggled with certain substance use myself and this is somewhat still in the medical field and I can help people And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I feel passionate about. And that's why I did it. So now you have that like little background on why I decided that I wanted to get a degree in alcohol and drug studies and be a counselor for people and help people through a time in their life that is confusing and sucks balls. Like it really does suck balls. Like... (laughs) There's no other way to describe it. And so, I just want to talk about my personal experience 
with addiction, not just necessarily about me, but my family members. So me and my father um, are closer now than we have ever been before. And I am forever grateful for that. But looking back when I was younger, it was safe to say that my dad, by book definition, would be an alcoholic. He definitely had a drinking problem, but he was never the type of man that would lay a hand on me. He never laid a hand on my mom, but verbally drinking just made him fucking nasty. He would just say rude things, things that didn't need to be said. His drinking always took precedence over other things that were going on in our family or like in my life that I wish he would have been present for or he was present for those things but then also had to be under the influence and so having a dad like that it had its pros and cons it wasn't always shit it wasn't always bad I mean like the fact that my dad was drinking quite often he was more laid back and like sometimes he could be really fun and he didn't necessarily always you know gave a shit about what I wanted to do or where I was going but then on the other hand the fact that he was that way I wanted him to care I wanted him to be present I wanted him to realize like we can be a family and we can do things that like don't have to involve drinking and as a kid You see adults doing adult things and you see them drinking and you think, I can't wait to fucking grow up and I get to drink and I get to do things. And then you grow up and you're like, what was all the hype about? And then you realize that those people in your life that you grew up with who were consistently drinking, um, it's because they were fucked up and they had their own fucking shit they were going through. And I'm not going to share my dad's personal business, but it wasn't until a couple years ago that he told me some pretty dark and serious shit and right then and there I go and that's why you used and that's why you continue to use and I can't blame you for that because I get it I understand that situations in life can fuck you up and hurt you to the core and make you question your worth and any question every little aspect of your life and make you think like what the fuck are you doing and since you can't figure out those emotions and you don't want to feel that you use because at least you know when you're using you know why you're feeling that certain way and that's because you're fucking high and so that's that's my earliest memory of having dealt with addiction. I mean, as a kid, I didn't know it was addiction. I was like, yeah, my dad just, like, drinks a lot. Like, my dad likes beer. It's whatever. Dads are supposed to drink beer. Um, but obviously, as I've grown older, I realized that wasn't the case. Um, and I've understood why he was the way he was. And he definitely doesn't drink like he used to. And we're close. And he can be open with me. And I'm not afraid to, like, tell him now, like, you need to cut back. Like, you need to chill out. Like, I think you've had enough. Like, don't push your limit and he respects that um and I respect him for respecting that so my second encounter would be my sister so my dad has six other kids 
so I guess that makes them all like half siblings and I don't have contact with any of them not anymore anyway uh, there is one sister who you know every so often she checks in she likes my posts she likes to see how it's going she's the only one that's really ever tried to be cordial with my dad and so I grew up in a sense as an only child sometimes my dad's kids would come around but it was only ever his two kids from like his last marriage that would be the ones that were around the most often so for them that was just my sister and my brother because they were a part of like me growing up and we did have memories and like do do fun things together but I recall my sister and brother they were definitely troublemakers and I'm willing to bet it was due to our dad divorcing their mother and having their own emotional shit going on in their head but I remember that my sister was you know frequently in trouble she was in juvie at a young age and just was continually going like on this downward spiral path and there was nothing you could say to her that was going to change her mind and sometimes as shitty as it is for people you have to let them figure that shit out for themselves they have to take the road less traveled on and you know get fucked with no reach around and realize that it's a shitty path to be on but sometimes they have to realize that for themselves But it wasn't until I got older that I realized that her problems she had when she was younger and the reasons she was getting in trouble was stemming from her substance use. My sister, let's just say, as a little girl who technically was an only child, and my mom had me at an older age, so it's not like she could just have another kid. All I wanted was a sister, whether she was younger, whether she was older. I wanted that figure to either look up to or to have them look up to me, someone I could relate to, someone I could talk to with about boys, about makeup, about whatever, whatever it may be. And I didn't get that. And then when we got older and we connected a little more, I was, I was starting to get that and I loved it. But then I realized the stuff she was doing wasn't okay, especially not when she had kids. And as much as I craved and desired her attention and to have a relationship with her, I refused to let myself have contact with her, have a serious, you know, sisterly relationship with her until she could figure her shit out. I remember that my nephew was born addicted, or I guess you could say dependent, on methamphetamine. When my sister gave birth, she had no amniotic fluid left in her sac, which is horrible. My nephew had to nebulize about 17 times a day. His breathing, like when he would sleep, it, w- it wasn't okay to watch. Like, you know, like if you see commercials or like if you, you know, are with a, you know, baby, watching them sleep is so beautiful. It's so cute. It's so peaceful. And watching him sleep was fucking sad. To be like, 
wheezing and like gasping for air because his body, his little body now had to rid, get rid of this toxin and like stabilize and it was fucked. And then my sister ended up going to jail and she wanted me to take her kids for her and I was like 15 there was no way in hell I could raise two kids and so then I went to go visit her at jail and she was gonna go to treatment for like god knows the 20th time who knows it was way up there on the ladder and I got all this shit for her spent all this money I had so much faith and hope in her that she was gonna do well I went to her house for her and that's when I was shook And I realized my sister had a serious problem. Her house was a fucking meth lab. She was literally cooking meth in her house. And would, like, make her kids stay upstairs. Or just not even fucking take them into consideration at all. And that was the moment I knew my sister needed some serious fucking help. I needed to sit back and reflect and look at her life and be like, is this what you really want to fucking do? And so then let's just fast forward. The day comes where she makes a Facebook post about how much she loves her kids and she's so sad she can't be with them. And, you know, they've kind of been like taken away from her, yada, 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 like If you know me personally and you want to talk to me more about this situation, I'm open. But, like, I don't want to, like, put every, you know, detail in this podcast. Um, You know, it is personal and I want to be real with you guys. But some things are just, like, harder to talk about than others. And I don't want to get too off track. So she makes this post. And everyone is, like, commenting, like, oh, honey, like, it's going to be okay. Like, I love you. Like you know, your kids will be there, like, they'll want their mom at the end of the day, and I was livid. I could not stand the fact that I knew the truth, that I had witnessed it with my own eyes, what was really going on, that she needed serious help, and yet she was, like, she had, like, fucked her kids' lives over, and, like, made them go through things that they shouldn't have had to, like, witness, and whatever the fuck it may be, And yet, and now they were in a foster care system. And she's like, oh, woe me, like, pity me. And I get on there and I expose her. Was it wrong? Maybe. Maybe that wasn't my business to share. But every inch of my being to this day does not regret what I did. I had probably like a page of why no one should pity her, of why she is a shitty mother, of why she needs to get her shit together, how her fucking baby was born addicted, like this whole fucking page. And she deleted the comment and she deleted me and we haven't talked since. And that was years ago. And now... (laughs) She's finally, like, getting sober and looks decent. And the only reason I know that is because she's, like, friends with other family members of ours on Facebook. But I, 
I just like don't have it in me to add her on Facebook. And if she were to add me, I don't know what I would do. And part of me thinks, do I apologize? But then I think, why the fuck do I have to apologize for trying to make you realize that you have so much going in your life and you're throwing it away over some guy in a substance? And at the time, I didn't understand addiction like I do now. But that was my second encounter, was my sister. The one who I was supposed to look up to, who I wanted nothing more in this world to have a relationship with. And then I find out she's like a meth dealer and can't take care of her kids and can't get any of her shit together. And I was heartbroken and I couldn't believe that I had been played a fool and looked up to somebody that didn't even deserve my time of day, honestly. So then last, my third encounter was me. I was probably like 13, 14, probably about 14 at the time, that I got in a relationship with this guy in my hometown. And I thought that I was in love. I thought that what I shared with him was true love that the way he was treating me was how relationships were supposed to be I was naive I didn't want to listen to anybody when they would tell me like he's no good for you he's just gonna hurt you I picked him over my family I picked him over my friends and at the end of the day I was the one who got burned um he was a piece of shit He did a lot of horrible things to me. And it's something that I can't really even talk about often nowadays because that part of my life is so far gone. He has nothing to do with my being. And I am so grateful for that. That he is not in my life anymore. That yes, maybe he was a tragic, shitty lesson that I needed to learn. But I just couldn't believe that there was ever a point in my life where I thought that what he was showing me was actually love. But he broke my heart, to say the least. Um, I had never felt so low in my life than when he decided that... I was no longer good for him, that I was his leftovers, that I was the issue in the relationship, that even though he was cheating on me and beating the shit out of me, I was the bad person. And I believed it. I believed every sentence that came out of his mouth. And after him, I started using. I don't want to get into detail about the shitty choices I made or the substances I was using but all I know is at the time I didn't have control over my inner emotions but I knew that if I could get high if I could use a substance that I had control of what I was using and I knew how it was going to make me feel And if I could control my feelings so I didn't have to think about the shittiness going on in my own life, then that's what I was going to do. 
I was going to use and I was going to fuck up and I was going to get high and I was going to do whatever I could do to not be that person I was when I was with him, to not have to feel the shit that he was making me feel at 14 fucking years old. Like really, I was like a baby, like a teenager trying to figure myself out and this so-called man fucking little boy destroyed me everyone knows that I was not the same person after him and part of me still isn't that same person it's amazing how somebody especially your first somebody um can change you for a lifetime whether that be changing you for good like for better or for worse um they leave an impact on you but all I know is that when I was using I know that that was the lowest point of my life but yet I felt so fucking good I knew that I shouldn't do it, that my parents would be so disappointed that I was making um, a shitty decision that I could stop, but yet I didn't. I had the keys to my own jail cell and the lock was on the inside and I could get out at any time, but I was literally stuck. I could not stop doing what I was doing. Because when I was using, I did not have to feel the way I did when I was sober. And I think that everyone, anyone who has ever used a substance has used to escape something. Or has used to feel something other than what they were currently feeling at that present time. So if you look at the book definition of addiction... Most of the time, it's going to say it's a disease. Often addicts or people who have dealt with addiction don't want to label themselves as someone who's had a disease. If you think a disease, maybe you think of like cancer, HIV, and that sounds like an extreme comparison, which I mean, it is, but that's what people think of. Like, what the fuck? I don't want to like label myself with a disease. But the thing is that when someone has a disease... It impacts your body's functioning in a way that makes it not function normally. And the thing is, is the more you consume substances and the substances that you are consuming at some point are going to alter the chemical imbalances and functions in your brain. Your functioning will not be the same as what it once was. And therefore, it is a disease. But... The thing is that addiction is not just like a medical disease. So many things play into addiction. It's not just like treatable by medication. There are so many things that you must realize and come to terms with before you can truly want to be sober, before you can truly want to quit using. And so for me, my definition, um, if you've listened to the podcast I did, um, 
with Wade the Elephant on court-ordered therapy, I asked this question. And addiction to me is a disease of the human spirit. I, without a doubt, um, you know, I believe that chemicals do alter your brain. They alter your functioning in some shape or form, like that there is science to prove that. But people use to escape something. They use to feel something. Everyone has their reasons for indulging in a substance. At first it is a choice, but the more you have to consume, the more you have to use, that's when it begins to impact other parts of your life, of daily functioning that once weren't impacted and now it's become a problem and your spirit is broken and everything inside of you that you like shared with other people so when I think of like my human spirit I believe it's made of like my values um you know the people I care most about in life and all those things after you use and once you know you realize that you're becoming a fucking addict all that shit is broken you don't have the same values you're making impulsive decisions the people that you once put first and cared about don't matter anymore because now when you use you come first fuck everybody else it is about you getting high and when is the next time you get to be high so you can feel how you want to feel and you don't want to fucking worry about other people addiction consumes every ounce of your being it's amazing how a substance a thing can make you do some shit you never thought you would ever be capable of, that you would ever do, that a substance could control you. Like you are almost like, it's almost, it has now tapped into your brain and is like controlling you. Like some sort of robot or like genetic made system. It's absolutely crazy. And the thing is, is you can love somebody. But when when you love somebody, when you love a person, you become vulnerable with the person. That is scary. Because the more you share with someone, the more people you let into your life, the more people that could walk out of your life. The more people you could lose. The more people who could use your vulnerabilities against you, switch up on you, um, leave your life in an instance. And so even though loving someone can be wonderful, loving someone is scary. Loving a substance isn't scary. And that's how addicts feel, or at least that's what I felt. Because when you are in love with something, such as a substance, you know how that substance is going to make you feel. You know that you can always have access to that substance. That 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 whatever you're using, it's not going to leave you. You'll always be able to get more. And I often think that if you're not using, but... You get with someone who's using. That can also be another 
huge issue and why people use. Maybe your partner uses so much that the substance of his choice and and him or her, them or they, put getting high before you. And so in your mind, you think, why would they love that more than me? I think I should try it. And so addiction is this crazy fucking disease of the human spirit that is an emotional, physical, all of the above roller coaster that fucks you up. It consumes every ounce of you. And for addicts, I could never think any less of them. Because they are people who at a time needed something to cope with the way they were feeling. They needed to feel something else than what they were experiencing. And so even though for someone using may be considered the lowest point in their life, without a doubt that's maybe when they felt best. Because what's important to understand is that emotions are the only thing that is real. Everything else in this lifetime is just a fucking perception. People perceive different situations differently. People have different perceptions of you. What someone may think you are feeling, that's what they perceive of you. That could be totally fucking wrong. You are the only one who knows your emotions, who knows what you are feeling and why you are feeling that way. Emotions are raw. They're not something that can be created. They can be altered. But the thing is, is when you're high, those emotions are fucking fake. Because the second you're not high anymore and you start coming down from that high, you have to sit and deal with the reality of what you're actually fucking feeling. And so getting high in those emotions when you are high, they're a fake perception. They're a false persona of your fucking imagination. And that's why people use and that's why it becomes so hard to quit because There are a lot of things in this lifetime that we can't control, that we're never going to have control over. But what we put into our body and how we control the way we want to feel, that's up to us. And that's scary because temptation and sinful things are everywhere, constantly. And the thing is, is that... You can say that you are a good person, but you must understand that good and evil are always intertwined. That positive things usually always have to have something negative come with them. That without sin in your life, you wouldn't be who you are. If you think about it, good and evil have to work together in a way to create a human. Humans weren't meant to be perfect. Humans are going to fuck up. Humans are going to find ways to make themselves feel and be who they want to be. 
And I think this, I think addiction is hard for many people to grasp because, oh, it was a choice. It was, you know, they just don't have morals. It's a lack and it's, they're, you know, a lack in their person and, you know, they just don't have knowledge about it. And when I hear people say that stuff, because that is the case, all I think is, fuck you. Because do you at first make the choice to use a substance? Of course you do. I don't disagree with you for one second. But you also make the choice of choosing how you want to feel. And if that substance makes you feel better than what you're currently feeling, you're going to keep using and eventually it consumes you and you become infatuated with wanting to be high and thinking about your next high and it now controls every ounce of you. And that is something you now don't have control over. A lot of people always say, do the drug, don't let the drug do you. But that is so hard. When using brings you some sort of peace from within. And so for an addict, it is hard. Does it start out as a choice? Yes. But it wasn't their choice for their life to spiral out of control. It wasn't their choice for whatever fucked up situation in their life to hurt them like it did. And for them to try to find a way to relieve their sorrow, their pain, their frustration, whatever it may be. And so, I just want you to know that we are all fucked up as people. We are never going to be perfect. We're never going to be good enough for ourselves. And we're probably never going to be good enough for anyone else. And if there was a time in your life or that you currently are using a substance or abusing something or partaking in any sort of activity that makes you feel better about yourself currently because you have control over that situation I don't judge you if you've used I don't blame you to know that maybe using a substance could change the way you're feeling or like let's say if you took a drink of something that you knew was going to make you feel feel better, feel some sort of way, and you did it, how could I blame you for that? How could I blame anyone for wanting to escape to some, like, altered perception of something better than what they're currently going through? But I want you to know that in the end, you'll be okay you'll realize that you can be sober and live a happy life and that you can turn to God and you can turn to others and that even though you're going through this phase that you're going to realize you are strong enough that you can cope with the things you're going through that you don't have to become this prisoner in your own cell with the lock on the inside holding the keys feeling trapped like you can't get out even though you can 
And so for anyone listening, I just want you to know that we're all going to fuck up. But those fuck ups will one day be in the past and the future is what matters. And as long as you can make tomorrow better than today and keep bettering yourself every day, you're going to be all right in this lifetime and God will see you through it. And so with that, take care of yourself. Show up for yourself. Be kind to yourself. And realize that you're human. And so with that, I love you all. And have a good night. And thanks for listening.